0: I think it's safe to say that women have a tendency to look backwards over their own shoulders, in effect, wondering if they are actually good enough or put together enough or prepared enough to meet the Savior if He came tomorrow. Hi, and welcome to Magnify. We are a podcast that helps keep general conference top of mind without adding to your to-do list. I'm your host, Katherine Davis, a mom, a seminary teacher, and a big football fan who loves God. And I am so excited to learn and be inspired with you. We know life is busy, and we are here to lighten the load by bringing you weekly spiritual reminders that will leave you feeling a little bit better than before. My guest, Andrea Cabrera brings her takeaways and hopeful perspective on the topic of spiritual preparation today. Andrea spent some time in her early years in Mexico and Germany before coming to the U.S. She hopes to one day become what she coined the Latina Oprah Winfrey. So I think her passion will lead to some exciting insights today. Andrea, I am so grateful that you are taking some time to spend a few moments with us tonight. Thank you, Catherine. I'm excited.
1: I'm excited about this.
0: I'm excited to learn from you. So we are in the middle, beginning, middle of December. Mm -hmm. And I just want to ask you, what are some of your favorite things that you are doing to prepare for Christmas?
1: Oh my gosh. Oh, you know, it's interesting because my family doesn't have, I mean, We're from Mexico originally, and we don't have a whole ton of family that we usually spend time with throughout the year. It's really um, just my dad's sister and some of her family. And it's kind of fun because the holidays is always the time to be with family, and it helps us think about others. And some of the ways that I think I'm preparing is obviously getting ready to eat good food because, oh my gosh, the food is always really good. And as well as I think just keeping that Christmas spirit, there's something special about having that yearly reminder, even though we always try to keep that spirit yearly, it's always so, I think, touching and inspirational to even just walk around the mall or just the houses decorated with lights and to remember that we're here in this time of year to remember the light of the world, which is Christ. So I think that's beautiful.
0: I love that. And actually studying this talk and preparing for this podcast has kind of helped me look at this season a little differently. And Andrea, in the last general conference, Sister Amy Wright tackled the idea of whether good and holy women have enough oil in their lamps, like the five wise virgins. But we want your personal take. So what popped out to you as you have been studying this conference talk?
1: First of all, I will have to say, I think I put this talk on repeat like five or six times on my way to like in the mornings when I wake up and I drive and I go to the gym. And one of the things that has really stood out to me is just some of the symbolism that Sister Amy Wright includes in her talk. Um, obviously about the foolish the virgins, the wise and the foolish virgins, as well as a magnifying glass. I think that was also very beautiful, just the symbolism that she explains behind that. And as well as the symbolism she uses in her personal story of when she found out that she had cancer and that she could probably die. And yeah. I think one of the biggest things for me that stood out about her personal experience was That in such a heavy, I can only imagine, I mean, she talks about it in the talk, but in a heavy emotional toll that like, that would be receiving the news that you could die and being in the car. She says she was driving in the car with her husband and that they were just both just heavy. I can only imagine like how that feeling must have felt. But the fact that in her heart she said she had this prayer where she asked Heavenly Father, "If am I going to die? And she didn't receive the yes or no answer, but the answer that she received was, it will be okay. And then she said, well, okay, am I going to live? Expecting some sort of answer. I'm assuming maybe thinking, okay, if it's, if it'll be okay, I guess I'm going to live. And the answer that she received again was that it will be okay. And the way that that just spoke to me was that whatever is happening in your life, it will be okay. I have some personal things happening right now and it's difficult, but hearing that from her and reading that just comforted me in knowing that whatever happens and maybe you don't have the answer and God won't give you the direct answer, but it will be okay.
0: Andrea, why do you think women have a hard time wrapping their heads around these promises and internalizing them?
1: I think sometimes it's, we want the answer. <laughs> as hard as that may be, sometimes not every woman is a planner. I'm I'm a planner, I will say. Catherine, I am very yeah. much a person that wants to know how to plan my life. But I can, and I'm not a mother yet, but I can imagine the burden you must feel of not knowing how to plan or not knowing how to move forward if you're trying to look out for your family and plan for what's best for them. And not knowing the answer sometimes makes that difficult. And you just have to rely on what's most important, which is knowing that even if I don't know the answer, Jesus knows the answer. And that's what's important to know.
0: That is such an important reminder that you mentioned is that no matter what happens, it will be okay. And you mentioned that you've had some heavy things in your life this week. Yeah. So how have you held on to that promise despite not knowing the outcome, despite maybe the problems or the hard things not being taken away? How does that promise
1: give you hope? That's a really good question. And you actually phrased it in a really interesting way. You said, how do you hold on to that? Because we have to remember to hold on to that thought. It can slip from us if we don't continuously try to center back and remember that. I think it almost goes back to those drops that Sister Amy Wright mentions about the oil. In your lamp and how these small moments she mentions let me see if I can find it in the talk here She mentions at that moment where she received these difficult message about potentially dying. she says that at that very moment they needed every single drop. Something that I've really been thinking about is okay, how can I hold on to that? How can I hold on to that promise that it will be okay? And I think, okay. I may not be a perfect disciple. I may not always say my prayers in the morning and at night. I may not always be perfect at reading my scriptures, but I have to acknowledge the effort that I've put in every single day, not just today. There was a quote that Sister Amy Wright mentioned where she says, he is the reason why it is never the end of our story. And the way that I hold on to that sometimes is by trying to think of the end in mind, right? That Whatever this heavy and burdensome feeling or season of life I may be in, I have to remember that he, Jesus Christ, is the reason why it is never the end of the story. Anyone's story will always have ups and downs. A good story has good tribulation and good challenges. So You just have to remember that knowing Jesus Christ will help you remember that it is never the end of your story.
0: Well, and I think it's important to remember that it's not the end of our story because he is the author and finisher of our faith, Mm -hmm. right? Like Hebrews 12, verse 2, it says he is the author and finisher of our faith. That's why our story is never over. Yeah. And I love how she said that, that no matter what, in the end, because of Jesus Christ, everything can be okay. Mm -hmm. But I think that's where some of the questions come in, right? Like, what does Mm -hmm. okay look like? Because you're okay might seem different than my okay. And when we're told that promise, I think in our mind, we think, okay, everything's going to be okay, which means this is going to happen and this is going to happen and that's going to be in place. So what do you think she means when she says it's going to be okay? What does that look like for you?
1: Aye, aye, aye. Sometimes being okay does not mean you're going to be happy and positive all the time. Sometimes I think sitting in the okay is totally okay. And sitting in the okay means sitting in the emotion and recognizing that it is a season of life where you have to learn from that emotion. I think there's always something to be learned, even from the emotions that may be hard to burden, that may be hard to acknowledge sometimes and accept. We sometimes have this perception that to be a good disciple of jesus christ that you always have to be happy and i'm not saying that we can't be happy or that it's interesting obviously to get into what happiness even means right but i think that it is totally okay to feel all of the all of these other emotions i always remember the story from disney it's called inside out And I just make a short connection to it because if anybody knows or remembers the story, it's about this little girl that's navigating all these emotions inside of her head and all of these different little people who represent these different emotions and how pretty much, spoiler alert, (laughs) happiness doesn't always have to be in control. It can be part of the equation and it can be part of what makes you you, but it's totally okay to let yourself sit in those other emotions and learn from them. So like right now, like something that I'll share is that it is heavy right now in my house. And just with me and my husband, I've been happily married for one year. And my husband and I are going through a difficult challenge right now of some heavy things happening with his job that quite honestly, aren't fair. And not to get into the details, but very political things that are happening that have just really made it difficult to watch my husband be so upset and carry the burden of the emotional toll that these things are taking on him. And me, as I'm trying to help him out, obviously, I kind of have to sit in that emotion as well, because you don't like to see the people around you going through hard things. But what I'm trying to remember most is that, okay, that our okay, while it may not be happy right now, is that we are learning. And that is our okay. And that maybe our path, even though we can't quite see it right now, it's being redirected into something that we are going to enjoy so much more. That is my okay, just remembering that.
0: Well, and to me, when I think of what it means to be. Okay, it doesn't mean that it's going to be easy, Mm -hmm. but I keep thinking that it's, you know, we're promised that everything shall work together for our good.
1: And actually, Catherine, you mentioning that really quick reminded me as well of another part in Sister Amy's talk where she says, all that the Father hath will be ours. I'm going to say that one more time. All that the Father hath will be ours. I just, I don't know what it is about that sentence in particular that just kind of hit my heart because I can't even imagine, okay, first of all, this amazing, this godly being that's perfected, perfect emotion, perfect feelings, like, and I can only imagine all the glory, all, all the joy, all the beautiful feelings that Heavenly Father must have, like, to know that, okay, someday I'm going to be able to feel just like that. Someday I'm going to have all of those beautiful things just like God has. It's so simple, but if you really think about it, it's like, I'm going to have everything that God has and it's this godly happiness. And if it's not looking like that right now, it will someday if I'm doing my best. Love it.
0: Well, Sister Wright's metaphor about the magnifying glass really jumped out to you. Can you remind listeners about that image and tell them what it means to you?
1: Yeah, this image to me was beautiful because it goes just hand in hand with this podcast, just this community of magnify. But she pretty much mentions that as she gives these examples of what does abide the day mean, right? Like what does that look like? And she says that Jesus Christ makes it possible for us to abide the day. And she says, abiding the day does not mean adding to an ever increasing to-do list. Think of a magnifying glass. Its sole purpose is not simply to make things appear bigger. It can also gather and focus light to make it more powerful. And at the end, she says we need to simplify, focus our efforts, and be gatherers of the light of Jesus Christ. That's a little metaphor she gives. And it's beautiful because, obviously, a magnifying glass, usually it's meant to make things, like she says, appear bigger. And even just that I think is beautiful because sometimes we may think that the small and simple things that we're doing are so insignificant or so small that are they even worth recognizing? But just like a magnifying glass can make it seem bigger or like those drops of oil or the dew that she talks about from a northwestern Israel mountain range. Like those little things can be magnified, right? As well as gathering the light and making it more powerful. And I think there's something beautiful about the community of a community of women, first of all. I just think that's beautiful. (laughs) And this community obviously is meant for women and uplifting women. And I think the other thing about that, too, is I mean, this talk was given by a woman and i love just the symbolism and all of that and what this podcast means and this community and this fact at the very end that she says it it can also the magnifying glass gather and focus light to make it more powerful which for me just resonated as a simplify focus and gather simplify your life sometimes it's about simplifying your everyday things Sometimes it's also about simplifying, not to say that spirituality shouldn't have effort, right? But sometimes in order to see God's hand, we can see God's hand in the simple things, right? Simplify spirituality. And by doing that, we can gain more focus and be gatherers of his light.
0: Why do you think that's so needed to gather women? Because
1: there's something special about women. And especially when we're gathered in numbers. I don't know about you, Catherine, but every time I catch up with my girlfriends or even just the simplest of interactions where maybe we send each other a message, but there's just, there's such a beautiful energy about feminine power. I think we live in a world where social media can be very confusing and not just social media, but just the media in general. There's a lot more forms of communication that we we are exposed to. And with a lot of that extra communication that's all around us, it can be difficult to know what energy and what to tune into. And even to figure out what does womanhood and being a woman mean in this day and age. Sometimes it feels like, oh, well, to be a powerful woman, you have to be. You have to do all the things that men do as well and that you can be independent and stand for yourself. And it's like, okay, yeah, I I can be independent and stand for myself. But being a woman comes with very a very special energy that when I gather with other women who also see that and feel that, it amplifies it and it nourishes my soul. That's the best way I could explain it
0: right? That other women amplify or help magnify his light. And I I feel that when we gather in Relief Society and in this community, that it increases my desire and my ability to be a light in this world. Yeah. I love that. And you actually mentioned that metaphor earlier, the dew on the mountains. Why was that so insightful for you?
1: First of all, because of the metaphor to nature, I think there's always something beautiful about nature. And just a little food for thought, I think it's beautiful that we always say Mother Nature. I think there's a lot of beauty and maybe patterns to, and this is just a way that I interpret things, right? But femininity and just the beautiful intricacy of what nature can be. And I love that. This metaphor that Sister Amy mentioned about this mountain range in northwestern Israel that it's called, and I'm looking at the name here. It's called Mount Carmel. Yes. And it stays green year round, largely because of these, this dew, these tiny drops of water that just nourish the mountain range daily. And I'm a huge sucker for finding the definition of certain words or what certain phrases mean. So I looked up what dew meant. And obviously you have the like very bland description of what dew means, right? Which means tiny drops of water that form on cool surfaces at night when atmospheric vapor condenses. And then when I like took that apart, First of all, I found it beautiful that it says that form on cool surfaces at night. Because at night, you don't really get a lot of light. You may get a little bit of light from the moon and the stars, right? But if you're out in the middle of nowhere, you, don't really, you can't really see. And sometimes we're going to have times throughout our life, seasons, where we can't totally see what the next right move is. It's maybe a period of darkness or a period of just night. And if we can remember and keep continuously do these little and small and simple things that those small amount that do will carry us through until there's light again. And isn't that just so beautiful to also see that in nature?
0: I love that. And actually, I studied that a little bit more. And something that I found out, which I was not aware of, is that the closer the mountain is to the sea, the more dew there is. Like the closer I am to my savior, the mm-hmm. more do there will be in those dark moments or at night or those hard times. Mm-hmm. That the closer I am to him, there will be more dew. And I like that thought that sometimes yeah. it's adding up for moments of hardship or moments where the heavens yeah. are silent or moments where I don't. Feel him close.
1: First of all, that's a beautiful analogy because, I mean, we know that Jesus Christ is the living water and water provides life. The closer you can be to Christ, the more life, the more of that dew that you will have. And it kind of leads to this other takeaway that I had from this talk, which is actively seeking Jesus in my everyday life. And it sounds so simple, that sentence, we hear it, right? To actively look for Jesus and things like that, or look for Jesus, seeking Jesus. But it was a good reminder for me because I feel like my life has been very busy lately, trying to adapt and adjust. I moved out to California not too long ago, a few months ago, and it's been a complete change for me being away from my family. Latino families are very close and tight-knit and being the oldest, first one to get married out of all the kids. As you can imagine, my family misses me a lot, and I miss them too. It's been a lot of emotional and professional adjustment. I'm working remote right now. And, and since I've been so busy, not in necessarily like a selfish way or whatever, but it's, I've been so busy and caught up with all these changes in my life that it's been a good reminder for me to remember that while all these things around me may change, while my environment may change, while my I'm moving and transitioning into this new phase of learning what marriage is and learning how to lean into each other and love each other as a couple we ought not to forget to actively seek Jesus in our everyday life. And if you can keep that as a constant, then everything else falls into place.
0: So how are you going to do that? How are Ooh. you going to actively seek him?
1: It's this thing. It's about making Jesus my friend. I heard this at church on Sunday and I wrote it down so I wouldn't forget it because I really liked it. And It was Fast and Testimony meeting, and someone in our sacrament was just sharing a personal experience, and then he said, if you want to be happy, make Jesus your friend. And I was just like, man, I've been forgetting to make Jesus my friend, and I'm being totally real. I've been so busy, and I haven't asked, I haven't actively Dumb things to remember to make him my friend. That when I pray, just tell God about my day, just like you would any friend. Include him in my everyday decisions. I used to do that a lot more. And I'm trying to be better at it and remind myself to do that more often. But it becomes, there's this effect that's called, and I hope I pronounce it right, it's called the Bader Meinhof, I think is what it, how you pronounce it. The Bader Meinhof phenomenon. There's different names for it, but it pretty much is this whole idea of you're gonna buy the red car and then all of a sudden you see the red cars everywhere. Right. Or you meet someone on campus if you're in college and all of a sudden you see them everywhere where you hadn't ever noticed them before. And it feels like all of a sudden there's a whole lot more red cars or All of a sudden, they're just this person's popping up everywhere. But it really is about where you're putting your mind, where you're putting your focus. And I think it works exactly the same way when we seek Jesus. Sometimes when it's becoming hard to find Jesus, it's because we haven't actively been seeking Jesus. And I want to get to the point, I will say I'm not quite there right now and I'm working on it. But I want to make Jesus my friend so that I can notice him in those small instances more often.
0: I am a huge believer in that you find what you're looking for. Yeah. And if we look for him, we will find him. So, Andrea, you know that we love to end every episode with a small and simple challenge, something that we can work on through the week to improve our relationship with our Savior. So what would be your small and simple challenge for us this week? My
1: small and simple challenge for this week would be to make Jesus your friend by remembering the drops of dew.
0: Well, I am so grateful for this conversation, and it's going to help me keep Him in mind, especially as we go throughout the holidays and we get busy with some of the to-do's. But let's really notice the do.
1: Amen. Let's notice the do. And if any of you women have any thoughts on this topic, I'd love to hear more of those thoughts. Um, And you can go hop on social media and continue the conversation there.